Episode two of Who Told You You Were Naked? That is crazy. We're already on episode two. I remember when this was just a dream. Like, it was just a vision God gave me. And we it was all it. a dream. Used to read Word Up Magazine. <laughs> Song Pepper Heavy D up in the limit. I think that's the words. I get the lyrics wrong all the time. So, don't it's trust cool. me. So, I just want to shout out to Curtis, my producer and co host. He ain't even know. I, I forgot to ask him for his uh, consent for that, but you know, I'm just it's whatever. Cool. And then I also have a special guest for you guys. Um, he lights up her life. He does. Jesus Christ, he lights up my life. Um, but no, seriously, all jokes aside, I want to introduce you to my love of my life, Tyler. Hey, how y'all doing out there? I'm Leslie's man. Period. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had to put the thing on the, mm, on the microphone. That was, a, that was aggressive. Sorry. I'm, I'm very blessed to be a part of this podcast. Um she just kind of winged it today, and, and here I am. I'm very fortunate to be in her life. Facts. I'm fortunate to be in his life, too. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I, 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 I love him. I love him already. I, I, I dig his spirit. You know what I mean? He's, Me, too. You, oh, you better. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, like... I mean, you see, we came in here, and I'm not even going to lie, y'all. I kind of put him on the spot. We were t- Me and Curtis, we was talking about God, and, and Tyler, we was talking about God, and then we was flowing, and then I was like, you want a mic? And he was like, it's up to you. And he got a mic, and we here, and we bringing it to you live. I like it. And it's crazy. So, today. Today. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Where do you want to start? Because there's so many places we could start. Um, I think that we could just start by talking about what it's like to be actually walking out the path to your vision, right? Because I think sometimes we get this big idea of what the destination or what the promised land is supposed to look like, and the wilderness don't look or feel anything like it, right? Facts. But a lot of the character that we need for the promised land or for the promise or to to be a good steward of the things that God has for us. That character is developed in the waiting period of the wilderness. Um the dependency on God, the the trust, the the trust for his provision, the like even when they I know it's I feel like people are so cliche when they say it, but like in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were going to the promised land, like they would move when God moved. And people would be like, oh, they were lost in the wilderness. But it's like, how can you be lost if you're following God? And so I like to look at that as a cultivating period. Definitely. Because you have to, you have to leave Egypt behind you. You got to leave the things of the past behind you. And if you You have choose, to become new. You have to become new. If you choose not to allow the things that have happened to leave those things, then it can literally, you can literally die in the wilderness. That's why a whole generation ended up. Had to pass. Dying in the wilderness, per se, because their mindset never changed. They were the ones that, it was better for us in Egypt, because then we had steaks. Beans, greens, tomatoes, potatoes. That's the second time I done bust out with that song, y'all. <laughs> My bad. You, you sure you waited? I'm just playing. But it's 
But think about it like this. They were physically out of Egypt. But, but their mentally, minds were still there. Still in captivity. So, um, definitely the wilderness can be a cultivating experience. Um, no one likes the being. You, we we hear the there's so many things that we hear if we want to call it the church world um that can be considered cliche but um words have power facts um and if we actually pay attention to what we say and how we say them at times we'll get a better understanding because we hear people talk about the refiner's fire a lot mm. right <laughs> they don't talk about it's hot let me tell you something. This ain't the same sun. Side note. This ain't the same sun that was sunning about 15, 20 years ago when my 15, well, 25, 20, 30 years ago when my mom used to say, go outside and start until I tell you come back in. Nah. This, this ain't the same it's sun. Hot. It's this, this is a different type of hot. Jesus, be an air conditioner, please. Please. Right now. I repent for global warming. I <laughs> repent for my carbon footprint. Like, God, mm. I ain't got it. But it's hot. That refiner's fire, if it's, it has to burn out the those things, the, the impurities that are in us. Like, if you ever seen a situation where you're, like, dealing with fine gold or whatever, in order for that jeweler to skim that stuff off the they, top, they got to heat gotta, it to its boiling point. They got to so my favorite stuff out of that you okay you didn't know this and this is crazy this is how i know it's god you know this my favorite scripture is in isaiah where it says for i have refined you but not as silver is refined i have refined you in the furnace of affliction right favorite thing because the refiner heats up the precious metal to its boiling point all the impurities bubble up to the surface skims it off lets it cool back down bubbles it up again heats it up hot boiling skims off the impurities so suffering produces that same result. All of our impurities bubble up to the surface so that God can skim them off and they can get revealed. But get this, the refiner repeats that process until he can see his reflection in the metal. Until we look like Jesus. Until he God can, see, can himself. see himself in us. That's, that's the fruit that suffering produces. And I think, I mean, in episode one, we talked about how like I've experienced some suffering. But that is what gives me hope through all of the suffering. To know that this is producing the character of Christ, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and it's giving me not just a head knowledge, but a heart and and an experiential knowledge of who God is. Because if I never experienced lack, I would never know God as my provider. If I never experienced warfare, I would never know him as the God who goes before me in my banner of victory and my defender and my strong tower. I'm telling you, if I never experienced calamity, I would never know him as my peace. So whenever I go through afflictions and hard seasons, I'm like, my, the first thing out of my mouth is like, all right, God, how you finna show up? What you finna do? <laughs> I'm not even worried about what I'm finna do at this point. God, what you finna do? Let's take it a step further, though. Earlier, we were talking about, you know, um, that's the podcast before the podcast, basically. <laughs> um, you know, just, you know, some of the best things come out during that time. Um, we were talking about discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you learn, when you are learning a discipline, you are learning a, a tool or a trait or what have you. If you have identified in your mind the um, what our trials can be, 
used to producing us. Mm-hmm. If God is allowing these things to happen just so he can bubble those things out of us so he can now see himself in us, then that should automatically allow us to have the mind frame of, um, I need to find, like you said, God, how are you going to show up? And if we refuse to do those things, do we kind of make ourselves suffer longer than we should? So one of my friends, her name is Hannah. She um, is the first lady in my church. Shout out to Hannah Frederick. Love her. Um, one time she said, God is a meek God. He uses just as much force as necessary. And I'm hard-headed. So I may or may not have had to repeat a couple of lessons. So you might have to use a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you know, a hard head make a soft behind. Mm. Child, they head hard. Mm. I got noggin, like a Jimmy Neutron noggin, <laughs> at this point, because I'm telling you. Wow. Yes, that's you know. So, okay. So when we're looking at these type of situations, when we're going through these things, like. Uh, There's so many ways that you can approach it. Like that. Okay. I'll start here. We were talking about being able to go going through the wilderness experience, right? Mm-hmm. Because here's the funny part about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm, I may. Of course, we know for a fact that um, Moses was not in the promised land bef- um when he came back to Egypt because we know he was raised in Egypt mm-hmm. left and then he came back different dude hey, yeah this is Moses but ain't the same Moses or whatever but didn't he have to cross the wilderness to get there first to get back to Egypt mm-hmm. he did have to go through a cultivating season and it's funny like and he said who am I God I can't speak and he's like I'll take her in with you how do you know that it's God that's speaking to you? I always run it by scripture. I always run it by scripture. If it's telling me something that is against what's in the Bible, that ain't God. Like if it's telling me to sin Fact. to get it, that's not God. Um, if I have to manipulate somebody or force something to get it. That's not God. Manip- you know that manipulation versus yeah. persuasion thing. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a nugget. But I think we're gonna talk about that later. That's like a future nugget for another episode facts. down the line. But you know, yeah. I think one of the ways that um, I really started learning about how God spoke to me is I was like, God, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart and mind to receive how you're going to speak to me today. Like sensitize me to it, because mm. I think it's so easy for us to overlook. Because it's not like God just be yelling at us in the middle of the day. Um, sometimes, you know, he's a little more audible than others. But sometimes it's just a soft, gentle whisper. Just an inkling. Like a nudging. Like we talked about earlier before the podcast. Sometimes it's just like a, I should do this. And it doesn't make sense to me. But I really feel like I need to do this. Right. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's a vision. Sometimes it's a dream. Um... And, you know, this is off topic, but my therapist and I were talking and he was like, sometimes it's just not bad enough for you to leave. And I think sometimes 
we're so comfortable in our discomfort, like it's just not bad enough. So for example, uh, trigger warning, DV, domestic violence. Um, let's say I have somebody who hits me. Tyler doesn't. Praise God. Amazing man. Love him. God redeemed a whole lot with that man. I just need y'all to know that. Um, if you could see her face right now, she's like, <laughs> my man, my man, my man, my man. <laughs> okay, it's my bad, y'all. But no, like, um, seriously. So let's say I have somebody who hits me, but or or like is verbally abusive, and they drink, and and it's just bad. And then the next day they're kissing me and telling me, oh, it's okay. Like I won't do it again. I'm so sorry. Does the good outweigh the bad? Like, am I do, do we stick around because it's just not bad enough? Yeah, he punched mm. me in my face, but he ain't slit my throat. So, like, it's just not bad enough for me to leave. It can be a job, too. Like, oh, I'm miserable on my job. I can't stand it. I hate it. But my benefit's good and I make good money and it's going to be hard for me to find that anywhere else. Is it just not bad enough for you to leave and pursue the things you're actually passionate about? Speaking about that job situation, um, and a lot of... <laughs> a, a lot of times um when we are in these moments um where people are trying to figure out whether to stay at a job or not a lot of times the the individuals that are struggling with it are usually struggling because God has called them to do something else mm-hmm. <laughs> now in other situations i know other individuals that they just don't want to work. It's some some folk just like I don't want to be here. Now that's different. That's different. He he who doesn't work isn't fit to eat. Scripture. That's scripture. That's Bible. That's book. Mm. Period. I can't do nothing with that. Yeah. You know. So I just you know I'm just kind of throwing it out there as a disclaimer because we live in a society where people will try to use anything as um, a scapegoat. A reason, an excuse, or whatnot. Um, I want to. I understand the power of the platform that we have been blessed to have. So, mm-hmm. I just want to use it responsibly. That's all. Fact, same. That's all. But again, a lot of times, individuals that are struggling with a thing when it comes to occupation and stuff like that, God has already called you. And he's been equipping you for a long time to do something different. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. Am I speaking to you, madam? He's been equipping you to do something. Or I'm sorry, I want I want to talk directly to you. I mean, he, you reading me for filth. You reading the script or you reading me? Because it feels the same right now. I'm di- but he's been. God has been equipping whomever it may be to do whatever he's been telling you to step into for a while. So it takes that act of faith to be able to say I believe God enough just to do it you know it's crazy I think so you know I like analogies I think for me God's been telling me to do a lot for a really long time and I felt like okay God you're telling me to build the ark but I need the boat the oars first like I need the animals first I need the wood first. Like I need, I need the materials. I need, I need people to believe me first. I need people to believe that it's about to rain first. Like before I start building this boat, God, I need you to confirm 
because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. So like confirm with other people that it's about to rain and then I'll start building this boat. Like I need all these other things before I start. The first thing that Noah got was a plan. He got a word, he got a plan. He got the materials and then everything else followed along with it. And some people never believed him. And they died. And they perished. Period. If you have something. The vision. The vision is going to be carried out regardless. The vision wasn't for them. Because it says that God was displeased because everybody was doing evil. The vision wasn't for them. It wasn't for their glory. It wasn't for Noah's glory. The plan was for God's glory and for him to provide a new place, a new. A fresh start. A fresh start for his people. The plan was for provision. Here's the thing. Take it a step further. I'm about to fall out this chair. In the midst of, okay, like you said, first God gave Noah the plan. Say say, say, say the things you said again. First God gave Noah the word. The word. I'm sorry. Right? Then he gave him the plan. Mm-hmm. Then the materials. And then everything, everything else, else came through it. Came, came afterwards. The things that were intended to be saved. Were saved. Were saved. The animals. And a family that was later used to repopulate the earth. Now, catch this. You said something. You said, well, can you let the other people know so they won't think I'm stupid? If we're going to look at it in today's time, yeah, they thought Noah was plumb crazy. It's it's just a cricket. It's you just, know, I, it's okay. It's a cricket. You know what? And you, my man loved me. He he called yeah, it my so man nice. Me. He, did. he did. It was a cricket, and I don't do bugs, and I didn't scream. I'm, and he just caught it and liberated it. He's so loving, y'all. Oh, I he, love that man. He is. He, he didn't even kill it. He liberated it. I'd have killed it. I'm telling you, I thought about it. <laughs> okay, let me get back. I'm sorry. I did not mean to, no, the devil fine. is a lie. That's but my no, man. Look at it like this. Like I said, if Noah was in the 21st century, 2023, yeah, people would have looked at him crazily. But if we're looking at it from Noah's time, the provision was made for those that it was intended for. Someone else could have been blessed if they chose to believe. Mm-hmm. But then again, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can change the hearts of man. Only God alone can change the hearts of man. And it's evident that evil was in their hearts. If we flip over to the New Testament, the Bible says that he stands at the door and he knocks. They had every opportunity to accept what was the spirit moving on the earth then because he Jesus had not been born yet. He hadn't been crucified. Therefore, dead, buried or dead, buried, resurrected. Come and back. That's my favorite part of the gospel. He come and back. Sending the Holy Spirit as a comforter that is now still moving and operating in the earth, but God's spirit was still there. Mm-hmm. People his had presence an, his presence was still was on still the earth. There. People had an opportunity to still change if they wanted to. They chose not to. So if we can't worry about people who don't change, because if they don't change, we're gonna be stuck in the flood with the rest of them. They don't get the provision. We're called to execute the vision that God has given us. And those who are meant to be impacted by it will. I had to have that realization, like, what, yesterday? We were talking about that? Mm-hmm. I ain't got to have the... We ain't got to have the audience. We ain't got to have the platform. We ain't got to have none of that. Just start. Just start. Just offer offer myself freely. Because, Just share. Just because speak. here's the thing. 
what we consider the audience is not what God intends the audience to be. Mm-hmm. I don't care if this only gets heard by one person. That's it. If it's an audience of one, that one person needed to hear it. And it's going to impact them in such a way that then they will know, you know what? I ain't as crazy as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. He still speaks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I need to listen. Believe our minds as human beings are so fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, it don't take much to deceive us. Okay. <laughs> Unless we on guard about it. Even then. There's a reason why the Bible refers to us as sheep. Have you ever, you ever seen a sheep in real life? They dumb. It's me. I'm dumb. I'm a sheep. You know, bad. You, okay. <laughs> that was my sheep. Was voice. that the um? Was that Looney Tunes cartoon Bugs Bunny? Mm-hmm. With the sheep, with, they had like different episodes of whatever Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck, all that stuff. They had the sheep dog episodes, where the dog, what the coyote was going after the sheep, right? Mm-hmm. But they had the big sheep dog that kept them safe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The coyote would do all type of off the wall stuff, and the sheep would fall for it. Well, because it was kind of slow, but it was the shepherd dog. Well, what we have is the good shepherd. Actually, it's not the shepherd dog, but you get my point. The same way that that sheep dog looked out for those sheep in the cartoon, God be looking out for us like these boy, these these folk right here. He leaves the 99 to get the one that is lost. And he said nothing can snatch us out of his hand. That, I don't think I've ever been more secure in anything in my life than knowing that nothing this side of eternity or the next can snatch me out of the hand of God. Nothing this side of eternity or the next, eternity is a long time, can separate me from the love revealed through Christ Jesus. Okay. I have a question for you. Um. It's kind of a personal question, but it's really not a personal question, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I love about you is uh, your tenacity and the fact that you are so real. And like, you're matter of fact about your faith. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Um, you rarely find that. I'm just being. I'm a, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. My mom has been pastoring for over 28 years. They've, I'm what you would call a pew baby. When I came to know myself, I was, oh, I'm in a church. Okay. <laughs> um, and I still don't see people that have that level of faith and that letter, level of matter of fact about, yo, you can take everything, but my faith in Jesus is not going to waver. How did you get there? Was it the affliction that got you? Yeah. There were a lot of opportunities for God to fail me and he didn't. So I tell people this. I started reading the Bible to tell Christians they were stupid for believing what they believed. I'm going to just keep it a buck. Like, I was like, y'all real dumb believing in Sky Daddy and stuff. And I hate that now. I'm just like, y'all real disrespectful. Don't talk about my guy because... I still fight. <laughs> I still fight. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm going to throw hands about my guy. But no, I started reading the Bible um, to tell Christians that they were stupid for what they believe. 
And then, lo and behold, one night I caught myself praying. <laughs> God, just make me one of your strongest spiritual warriors. Mm-hmm. Show me you real. And I'll serve you. And I'll love you. Just show me you real, God. Be careful what you ask for. I don't know what would possess my unbelieving <laughs> self to say, God, make me one of your strongest spiritual warriors. Because how you get stronger? You fight. Mm. You fight. You go through. I'm telling you. I've been through you boot endure. camp. You do. So it was a lot of affliction. Y'all not like, I mean, y'all listen to the first episode. Homelessness, abusive relationships, like emotional trauma, familial trauma, um, just everything. There were so many opportunities for God to let me down and forsake me, and he never did. Even going through cancer. Like, they, they didn't play gospel music over the speakers there. So I had to go to chemo five times a week, every other week for months, right? Every single day. And I had a window of time of like four or five hours that I could go and show up, right? I would show up to chemo. I'd be ready to get my shot, whatever. Some days I couldn't even drive myself. I had to Uber because it was just taking such a toll on my body. I was just like, I can't do this, right? So I would show up to chemo. I'd sit there. And every single time I would go, the song Rescue by Lauren Daigle would come on. And the song talks about God sending out an army to find us in the middle of the darkest night and how he's going to rescue us. And it's such a beautiful song. It got me, that song got me through the death of my mother. It got me through chemo. Like, y'all, y'all got to hear it. But it's like, even in that moment, right, God could have let me go into that room, get the treatment, sit there. And just not have a hand in it or saying it. But every single day, five days a week, every other week, for months on end, no matter what time I went, that song, a gospel song, would play on a secular radio station. And it would be like every single time, every single day. If I went at one, it would play during the hour that I was there. If I went at three, it would play during the hour I was there. If I went at two, it would play during the hour I was there. Every single day day on a secular radio station i'd go from listening to Katy perry to gospel like what god could have easily just sent somebody random to just come tell me god is with you but no god himself came and sat with me and that song was i feel like it was sung over me which goes back to what we were talking about prior right. to the podcast. Because God sings. And was singing over you. And was singing over me. Like, when I tell you, like, there's been so many times where God could have forsaken me. When I was homeless, I never had to sleep in my car. The one night I was supposed to sleep in my car, a random person from my past was like, hey, I just feel like getting a hotel room um, for you. You, you, you want to stay in this hotel room? The one night I didn't have anywhere to stay. God provided last minute. Somebody randomly bought me a hotel room. Did they know about your situation? Nope. Jesus. <laughs> Nobody knew about my situation, but people would randomly be like, Leslie, come spend the night at my house. Leslie, come, come over. I just want to see you. Leslie, I'm cooking dinner. Come get dinner. Every night for a year. There were so many times that God could have forsaken me and he didn't. 
So yeah, when huh. you ask me about my faith, it's not just head knowledge. I know in real life, my God like that. Like, he really liked that. And that's, that's why scripture says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Because if I can sit here and say it, like, the, view, the, the listeners, they'll know. If God can do it for me, he can do it for them too. I want to back up for a second. So, for a year. For a year. You were without a residence. I was without a residence. And you never slept in your car. Never slept in my car. The one time you were preparing to sleep in your car, God provided it. Again. And what did you do earlier this year? You did bought a what? A house. They gave me. What kind of house? A a brand new house. New build. New build. Ground up, right? Ground up. Only paid $700 out of pocket. Um, One moment, please. Bought a brand new... Bought a, bought a car because I was like, God, I want an SUV. Just, oh, we ain't doing visuals, y'all, but I'm laying on the floor. He laying on the floor. God bought me. God, I, and I tell people, bought me a, a car, too. I was like, God, I got a brand new house. I need an SUV, so I ain't got to depend on no man to come move stuff. Thank God I got a man who, who helped me move stuff now. Praise God. But he back look, then, I did He look kind of strong, too. He's strong. He can move. I'm strong, too. But, you know, he's strong. You talking about him right now. Yeah, okay. Oh. But, no, like... <laughs> And God gave me favor. I didn't have to come out of pocket nothing for my new car. Didn't have to come out of pocket for nothing. And I was like, God, are you sure I can afford this? And God was like, and this is before the other stuff we talked about. Before all of that, God was like, I wouldn't bring you to it if I wasn't going to provide for you through it. Why would I give it to you and take it away? For the first time in my life, all my bills are auto pay. You know what that feels like? That's a blessing. That takes a level of faith. No, it's big faith. Big faith. But guess what? The money always in the account. I ain't got that much faith yet. I'm telling you. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, Lord. Let my bank account touch the hem of your garment. Hey. And I I just. No, for real talk. But that that is a level of faith. It is. That is a level of faith. Um, And it's a beautiful thing to witness. Um. And that's why I asked that question, because being around people that have that level of faith um, as an entrepreneur myself. I don't feel as afraid when I have to um, venture into deeper waters. Mm -hmm. Um, We have this saying, um, me and a friend of mine, we talk about it in the musical realm, like, um, People will start singing a song that they have no business singing. And we equate it to being out in the middle of the ocean. That water is deep. <laughs> it is dark. And it is cold. Deep, dark, and cold. You, you, They will not find you out there. It's wrong. But sometimes when you go into foreign areas, your mind will tell you when you're Going into an area where God has instructed you to go, your mm-hmm. mind is going to say, hey, boy, it's, it's deep, dark, and cold. <laughs> but Jesus is storming, and you're going to call me out up on the waves? My prayer lately, honestly, has been, God, you calling me out on the waters, help me keep my eyes fixed on you. 
Because as long as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, he didn't sink. Yup, just keep my eyes fixed on you. Because I know me. I'm going to be like, this ain't logical. <laughs> who who on water? I'm going to be looking back at the boat like, y'all see this? And it's crazy because everybody on the boat was, like, they could have all come out there. Only one of them has to come. Only one. Yo, bid me to come. I, I want to come out there with you. That's what I want my faith to be like. I just want to be where you are, Jesus. And when he, as long as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, he was good. But when you start trying to make logic of it, and I think that's that's me. Like, sometimes when I try to make too much logic of my situation, I end up self-sabotaging. And I think that's one of the things that kind of bring it back full circle to where we started. When we're in these wilderness type experiences, when we're in these cults of fading positions, when we're in these refining moments, if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, if we keep our eyes fixed on where it is supposed to be, then we're still giving glory to where it is due, where it is mm-hmm. supposed to go, and not our circumstances. It's crazy. Didn't we just talk about that? Yeah, also yeah, on the podcast just, before the podcast. That's why. That's why. That's okay. Okay, sound effects. Wiki why, wiki why you a DJ? I do it all. I do it all. <laughs> but but seriously, like, because there are moments when we give our affliction and our circumstance and the people who get on our nerves too much power. Facts. Too much mental space. Facts. Too much time. Too much glory. That's what it is, really. What you what you magnify, you glorify. Yeah. Can you, get, that, off, can you get off my foot, please? No, nope. you slept on mine earlier. Ha <laughs> ha. I slept on your foot too. Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Not talking directly to you, but no, like <laughs> what you magnify, you glorify, and you know. It's real easy. It's really easy to fall into that. Um, a pastor at my church said something. He was like, aunt, aunt said this. He was like, how often do you run to your friends to gossip and complain about something before you take it to God and pray about it first? Get off my foot and my neck. And my neck. And my <laughs> Don't finish that. This is a Christian podcast. My neck. Hey, okay. It is. But you know, but we relevant here. It's you relevant, know what I mean? It's relevant. I mean, the foot was on my neck, my back, and my face, in my hands, and my it, feet. It was, it was just like what, what? But it's you. You know, like when your mom used to chase you with the newspaper and just pop, 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 pop. I feel like that's what it was. Ooh, got me. But okay, but <laughs> instead of being because see, what happens is the actual principle of what. That individual said is the way that we should handle things. Um, we just make it like we make it, as I call it, real spooky. Real, we churchy. We, we make it all churchy. Like, oh, I'm going to take it to God and pray glory. Nah, just I had a conversation with the kids at my church one day during vacation Bible school. Prayer is nothing more than a conversation with God. That's it. Watch this. Bang. How many times have you heard me start a prayer with God? I just ain't got it. Multiple times. That's the thing. Most of my prayers lately have been like, God, I ain't got it. Mm-hmm. I ain't got it. And y'all think I love to pray? This man love to pray. Loves to pray. That is a blessing. I'd be like, can I get a chance to pray? Please? 
I also love to pray, but that man love to pray for real. You found the right one for you. Facts. I honestly can't thank God enough. Um. So, it's like a, a lot of times because we make things too complicated. Mm-hmm. We. And if we actually keep it, if we kiss the situation, keep it simple, stupid. Why we feel like we got to have it worked out before we take it to God? It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, I don't want to burden you, God, with my big old problem that I need to work out and fix before I bring it to you. But he God, though. He literally says, cast your cares unto me for I care about you. And I'm like, yeah, but God... I just want to, you know, sort through it and see if I can solve it before I bring it to you. Because, you know, like, I just want to, I don't want to do too much or burden you with this request. He got. I don't want to just come to you always asking you for something. He got. Well, you know what? When you don't. Because before you can ask for anything, you can say thank you. Facts. I just be like, thank you. God, I ain't got it, but thank you. A lot of, 95% of the times when I pray. Which is often, but when I pray, I start my prayer with before I ask for anything, I thank you for everything that mm-hmm. I've experienced, the provision that you've provided, the provision that you're giving to me now, the provision that you're going to provide for me in the future. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? That's how you roll. But even so, like scripture says, enter his course with praise Thanks. and thanksgiving. So, like, anytime I enter into God's presence, period, okay, your Starbucks good? Real That's crazy. Up. I got some and water. what you were saying was also exciting me because it's, you know. <laughs> but no, like that's what it like before you even enter his praise, you're supposed to praise him for who he is and thank him for what he's done. That's Bible. That's it. That's scripture. What you gonna do with that? That's Bible. <laughs> like, and I think so often we get caught up in seeking his hand that we don't seek his face. Like, God, I want your gifts, but I don't want you. But a lot of us would even be too ashamed to admit that that's the posture of our hearts and take that to him for him to change it. I'll be honest with you. There was a season in my life where that was the posture of my heart. God already knew that was the posture of my heart, and I repented for it. And I was like, God, I can't change my heart, but you can. Please change my heart. Help me to seek your face and not your hand. Help me to know you more. Help me to de- desire you more than I desire your gifts. Help me to desire the giver of the gifts more than I desire the gifts. Because here's the thing. When we learn those things, then we are then stripping away the selfishness of ourselves. But people don't want to be naked. Who told you you was naked? Yeah, man, I'm back here hiding behind this tree. Why? You know, I ain't got nothing on. Who told you you was naked? You ain't from the tree? Uh, well, see. See, what had happened was. It was it, 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 the it, woman it, that you, you gave me. me. You you gave her to me. You know, and I ain't had wanna. Yeah. And it was like, the serpent said. And God was like, y'all got dominion, bruh. Well, y'all had it. Now I gotta kick you out. Before you eat from the tree of life. And you're stuck here forever in this. Nakedness. Complaining about your nudity. <sighs> When you were perfect, fearfully and wonderfully made, the way I created you. Yo, okay, I'm I'm looking at time, but mm-hmm. I think you just ro- rolled up on something 
that is so important. There is nothing wrong with us wanting to uh, change different things about ourselves um, physically or what have you. Like um, Tyler's in a way better shape than me. He do. He do like to work out. Like you know, he be I, having me in the gym. You know, I've, Wait till I, I go from two liter Coke bottle to glass Coke you know, bottle. I, I, I looked at my arm. I said, I thought my arm was big, but Jesus, I felt kind of bad. <laughs> nah, really, but but seriously, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to do those things. But when we actually find out that we were we were fine as God created us. My quirky personality, you know, okay, so get this, you know, for a really long time, I was really ashamed because I have such a big personality and I'm really loud. I was ashamed of it. Ever since I knew you, you were loud though. Yeah. And I used to be really ashamed of it. And I wished I could change my personality. I wished I could turn it off. I wish that I wasn't so bubbly and happy, go lucky and loud and obnoxious and whatever, but it made me really good in sales and God called me to speak. God made me that way. It made people uncomfortable, but God made me that way. It's, but when I speak, people listen. When I talk, people listen. For a long time, a long time, um, most people had thought I had no personality. Who thought that? Sorry. <laughs> I yelled in the mic. My bad. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Just send me their name and their address. But, We'll a, a friend of mine told me this morning, oh, you are goofy. And I said, you have no idea. But that's part of who I am. And it helps me not only in the photography world, but it helps me in my day job that I do now because I do goofy stuff when I'm presenting. But it helps. It helps it makes, with engagement. It helps. It makes, it makes things it memorable. Mm-hmm. Make things stick. Mm-hmm. It helps when I got to deal with the folk at the church because sometimes the folk at the church. Up tight, you need to, you know. They need to forget the church, and I'm going to leave it there. You need to break the tension. But I had to get to a point. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And I've said this on other podcasts, and I say here. If you need to get a therapist to help you find these things out, it's okay to go get it. Because God made a therapist, too. He did. He he put them here for a reason. My therapist is my favorite. I would tell y'all, but I need to book with him more often, so I don't want to. Like you, take up all his yeah, books. Yeah, you you don't like not. You gotta still have time for me. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I book out months in advance. Yeah, I'm not gonna play with my appointments. So, but even if you have to get that professional help to actually help you through some of those things, get come to a place where you're comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. Ask God who you're, what you're supposed to do, and the same way that He spoke to you. And you're doing the things that he said to do. He laid it out for you to do. He can lay it out for the next person just as plain. And then it's on us to follow those things through. Mm-hmm. Our wilderness experience. The trip through the wilderness in the Old Testament should have only taken for 40 days. It took 40 years. Mm. During that time, yes, a generation died out. That generation died out because their mind was stuck. Bible off says you can't put new wine in old wine sacks. You can't take the old stuff where you're going. Don't make me. I almost knocked this mic over. Hold up. <laughs> I was about to. But that's but 
There is so much that we could do as individuals. And believe it or not, it all works together. For our good and his glory. For our good, but his, like you said, his glory. Because we ain't did nothing ourselves. Let's let's, let's get it. Let's, let's be honest about it. Let's be real. We ain't did nothing. It's kind of like when you're baking cookies with a kid and they make more of a mess in the kitchen, but they just really want to help, so you let them help. And it ends, you don't need their help. But because they actually like to do that thing with you, you let them do it. That time spent. Yeah. And it's like, I need you to help me. You drop flour all over the kitchen. I got to clean this up. Yo, when Sky was small, Sky would rather me cook pancakes at home. She said that my pancakes were better than IHOP's pancakes. Because they were. I used to tell my mom, <laughs> my mom used to make me salads, and I would call them recipe salads because they were special. They weren't really special, but they were recipe salads, and I used to always ask for recipe salads. Because the thing was, when I made pancakes, okay, you want me to make pancakes? No problem. You got to do the better. Like, Sky is 16. I think I have a video in my phone. She's maybe six or seven years old with a big old onesie on with a hood. Making pancake better. Oh. Because, like I said, it's that time spent. It is. That's why you select the recipe salads. And a lot of times, God want to make a recipe salad for us, but we just, we waiting for us to ask for it. Like, I, you can, the Bible says that he'll grant you your heart's desires. What a lot of people don't realize is, Yes, God will grant you your heart's desires, but first your desires will become him. Like he will make, and it's so amazing how God does this. He will make himself your heart's desires. But you only get that when you seek his face. Only mm-hmm. when you seek his face. Not his hand. Mm-mm. And when you seek his face and he start moving in your life and in your heart, I'm telling you, he is the most beautiful, most wonderful, most magnificent Holiest of holy. Like, words cannot describe how much he has changed my life. Like, Jesus has changed my life. That's why you're here. That's, that's why, why I'm here. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're here. You know? All right. Let us let let the good people know how they can contact you. You're going to end every episode oh, yeah, talking every episode about who you to. is. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> hi, you guys. Um... Thank y'all for listening, for real, for real. I hope and pray that this blessed you. You can find me on Instagram at the period hope period dealer. So T H E period H O P E period D E A L E R. I know how to spell y'all. I promise. <laughs> that wraps it for episode two of Who Says You Were Naked. Um, for the Hope Dealer, Leslie, myself, and Tyler, we're signing off. Until next time, peace.